Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. Once again, I am your host, Peter Eklund, and on today's show, I get to welcome on two friends of mine as we talk about the 1998 Mulan. Obviously, this is all in time for the major drop to Disney+, Plus, the new Mulan that comes out here in 2020. Before we get to that, there's actually a couple things I want to mention before we get to the actual episode, the conversation itself. Um, number one, as you know, as always, leave reviews, leave a star rating. You can do this on um, Apple Podcasts, you can do this on Facebook, on our Facebook page. That would be great. I would be so appreciative if you guys could do that. It would help actually this podcast fall into the ear buds in the ear holes um, of so many other listeners that I would just love to be able to connect with. Um, so do that. That'd be great. I, I thank you for doing that. Um, secondly, I need your advice on something. In a couple weeks, we're going to be actually looking to do an episode on one of two shows. And I'd like you guys to vote on it. You can do it on your Facebook page. And this episode that we're talking about would be all in time for... Um, the Emmys, because these two shows both got nominated for Emmys. Now, we're not going to be talking about The Mandalorian. I'm going to actually hold off on doing that for like a very special episode that we hope to do um, prior to season two dropping. Um, but the episodes that I'm going to be talking about or the shows that I'm looking to talk about is either The World According to Jeff Goldblum or The Imagineering Story. You can vote on that online at the Facebook page. Let me know what you would be interested in hearing about so I can um, line up a guest and we can get recording and we can, we'll be able to talk about that. Um, so that's all I have for announcements. I'm going to say this. Um, stay tuned for the end of the show. Obviously, that's where I always announce what we're going to be doing next week. But also, I just wanted to take some time at the end to just um, talk about Chadwick Boseman. Um, the late actor um, who went way too soon, um, who everybody knows from um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which you can see all the movies that he's in on Disney+. Plus. So I felt like it would be good to talk about that for a little bit. So not too long, but just stick around for the end of the show if you want to get my, hear my thoughts in regards to that. All right, guys, um, I'll see you in a couple minutes as I welcome on my friends, returning guest Melody Gibson and her husband, Cody. So my guest for this week is Melody and Cody Gibson. Guys, thanks for coming on to the show this week. Thank you for having us. Now, now Mel has been on the podcast before. She was, she was with me when I reviewed and talked about one of my favorite movies, the Muppet movie from 1979. Um, this week, we actually get to talk about one of her favorite movies being 1998's Mulan. But before we get to that, I just kind of want to know, what, did, what have you guys been doing? What have you been up to? Much. I mean, just hanging. I haven't been working, so we've just been spending a lot of time at the house. Um, it's been good. Yeah. Cool. And how old is Benjamin now? Remind me. He is about 21 months, I think. He's almost two years. We stopped counting in months. I know a lot of people continue to count in months until they're like nine years old, but we're not those people. Oh my gosh. Almost two. It just becomes more of a of a hard part of math at that point, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, it's not really either of our strong suit is the yeah. math. Yeah. Multiplying by twelve is not easy. You can't do that yeah. on your fingers. Oh man. Yeah, okay. That's that's cool. Yeah, it's been I'll tell you guys, we were we were gonna record this in person, but then we kind of felt with everything that's going on in town it would be better to hold off and 
trying to do this using the internet. Um, my work, as most of my listeners know, is I, I work with college students. And right now, Oneana is becoming pretty famous um, for having the most cases for a state school in New York State. So that puts me like literally on the front line. You know, I haven't seen too many students yet, but I think it's pretty good to kind of play it safe rather than ultimately sorry. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad we were still able to do this. Um, what, have, what have you guys been, you know, it sounds like you guys have had some uh, free times on your hands. Uh, what have you guys been watching? What have you been <laughs> consuming as far as media? Uh, with a 21 year, 21 month old, we have not had very much free time at all. Um, and with working two jobs from home, <laughs> uh, I know that most people are having good time relaxing at home. I feel like I've actually been busier, uh, doing work from home than I was even before all of the, the COVID stuff started. Uh, so we've mostly been, uh, watching very little we've done a little bit of black mirror recently okay and we just finished the office which i had never seen all of and melody had never watched before mm-hmm. oh wow yeah it was fun i enjoyed it um you know yeah i kind of resisted watching the office actually because so many people like ranted and raved about it that i was mm-hmm. like no I, i'm not it's not gonna be that good but it was pretty funny yeah it's funny how sometimes so much attention will keep you away from something that ultimately you will enjoy. I find our mutual friend Terry does this quite often. And I always have to convince her to watch something that's actually pretty excellent. So I I I resist that too. And Mel- Melody does two different things, but a lot of times when friends of mine are really, really into something, I just say, well, I'm not going to watch that then. <laughs> well, usually it's because they corner you in an actual corner, <laughs> their eyes wide open, going, breathing down your neck, going, you're going to watch this, right? You've You've, you've checked out this on the marvelous Miss Mabel on Amazon Prime, right? You know, <laughs> and life becomes a never-ending reference to that. And <laughs> I haven't even seen it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Most most recently, I think the thing that I have been watching, and I'm I'm usually the one who puts shows on Jess. I'm like, we're watching this. This is going to be our our show again. And now she's kind of returning the favor after I've probably hit her with three or four different shows we watched through lost um yeah you know in the last couple of years but now she's making me watch gilmore girls um and it's okay there are times where i really do just want to like gouge my eyes and ears just on some of the dialogue within that show but it's okay you know yeah as i, I didn't watch through all of gilmore girls and i could stand to go back now but there you know I'm not saying it's not good. I do enjoy it, but there's also a part of me that enjoys it because I have fond memories of like going home with like a friend after school, like, and me and like my girlfriends, like watching it together. And it was just kind of a nostalgia thing for me um, from that time. So, yeah, you know, I know, you know, girls our age kind of like have that experience too. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Jess is all about it right now. I think primarily because, some girl in our small group um, really loves it as well. And, and so they're kind of, they've bonded over the conversations <laughs> and now I'm being subjected to it. And I don't know, Cody, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on Gilmore girls? You, you know, I've seen episodes and uh, they're, I don't know, kind of quirky and cute, but the, the dialogue for me is also what makes me not able to enjoy it because 
it just seems like they're deliberately trying to say, how can we try to make these people look as sharp and witty as possible and have the most intelligent conversation that nobody has? Right. The the most intelligent conversations that hit at rapid fire, where it's yeah. just nobody talks like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll pull out a pop culture reference every once in a while, but it's never like that in real life, how I see it on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but what is television? If not, we have to put aside our um, preconceived notions and just watch something to enjoy it, I guess, you know? I guess what the problem is with a lot of, whether it's action movies or shows, you always suspend your disbelief a little bit. But when they push a little too far, that's where mm. it becomes like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting, though, the different things that you can push that, that will make you kind of hit your different, I don't know, hit a different button. It's kind of like, when I go in to see a Fast and Furious movie, I'm not expecting to see anything close to realism, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess yeah. to each his own, I guess. Um, but, hey, I, I want to get talking about Mulan. It's what we came here for. Um, what I'm excited about for this particular episode, we have somebody who loves this movie, which, you know, Melody, you've watched it I don't know how many times, you know, throughout your whole life. I've this is probably only the second and third time I've seen it. So I'm returning to watch it after a, a long period of time of not seeing it. And then Cody, from what I understand, this is your first time ever watching it. Yes. Okay. So this is going to be a interesting conversation as we kind of come from all different perspectives, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. I'm going to do a quick synopsis of this. And then I kind of want to get everybody's just general thoughts of the movie. All right. So in the wake of an invasion of the Huns, the emperor of China puts out a request for all able-bodied men to join their army to protect their country. This leads our heroine Mulan to disguise herself as a man to keep her father out of the military who suffers from a weakening health condition. With the help of her tiny dragon protector Mushu, she will infiltrate and learn what it means to become a soldier and a hero as she ultimately in the end saves the day. So, is that a pretty decent synopsis of the film? I think so, yeah. Okay. So, where, where should we start? Should we start from the, the top end of the, the spectrum here? Should we, I want to hear, maybe we'll hear from Melody and her general thoughts and why this is one of her favorite movies, and then we'll kind of work through the story after that, after we kind of each give our initial thoughts. So, yeah, I was, I was just saying, um, so my general thoughts on this movie, I um, was trying to think about when we were watching it, me and Cody um, last week or week and a half ago, whenever it was that we watched it. Um, I was kind of like, why was this my favorite Disney movie as a kid? And I think um, some of it chalks up to, it was just like a different story than a lot of the Disney movies that came out when we were younger, because, you know, I mean, I don't know if I specifically had this thought when I was a kid that like, a lot of the female centered movies are about, you know, princesses and that kind of thing. And um, that was just not really my jam when I was a kid. I wasn't like a big, like girly girl or like princess kind of girl. And so, um, yeah, that was interesting to me. And also I've always been interested in um, China, Chinese culture. Um, mm -hmm. So that was also interesting as a kid. Um, and it's also just hilarious. It's a really funny movie. I really like Eddie Murphy in this. I really like Mulan's character. Like all the characters are just, you know, they're fun to watch. And even though it's a somewhat 
pretty violent story, you know, with pretty actually like scary, like realistic, scary depictions of like war. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I found this like pretty, you know, pretty like comforting, not comforting, but just like it's been like a comfort kind of movie for me in the past where like I've just watched it so many times that I'll sit down and watch it again just mm -hmm. to have something that like I know how it ends and, you know, I enjoy watching it. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is usually usually the case when it comes to like most of those comfort food movies that we go back to. Like, I think we talked about how this might be the when you have a sick day, you know, yeah. and you just kind of want to sit on the in bed or on the couch. Yeah, you know, it has been that. that you know. It has been that for me before. That's cool. That's cool. Well, um, I'll I'll just say after kind of returning to this movie after a good number of years, I probably haven't seen this since the early 2000s, probably the last time I saw it. Um, I think as a, I would have been 13 when this movie came out. I don't know if I was just like, oh, this is a Disney movie with a, you know, a, a girl-centric character. I don't know if I'm going to really like it. And I watched it, I'm like, oh, that was okay. And I probably forgot about it. But returning to it now, I'm like, this, this is really fun. And it's, I think it's an excellent story. I think it's, I think the hero is um, has an interesting arc. I think, yeah, I, I really enjoyed kind of watching this again as I was kind of remembering, like, what do I remember from when I was younger watching this movie? Um, and there are obviously things that I remember a lot returning back to it, primarily the music, which mm -hmm. I think for a lot of Disney movies, you can kind of say, you know, where does this kind of line up? And, with this being within the Disney Renaissance when when we were kids, this this movie is at the tail end. It's like this in Tarzan before things kind of go off the rails. I think I think this movie still works today, and I'm quite excited to see the new one. But I don't know. What did you think, Cody? First time. So I remember when it came came out. I, I was um, older when it came out, and. Um, I think that the reason that I never saw it was probably I was right at that age where I felt like in order to be mature and cool, I couldn't, you know, watch the, those cartoons anymore. And so uh, that was probably a lot of it uh, for the reason why I didn't see it. And having not watched it at all, I didn't really know what to expect, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, how well done the movie was this fun to uh to watch it um i liked that it had a lot of just cool elements in in the story of you know struggle and through the struggle you see a lot of the characters changing for the better and um so I think that they did that well. I think that they did the kind of subtle romance real well. Um, sometimes in movies or cartoons where the there's a romance, but that's not the main part of the story, which is like this, it just ends up feeling really tacked on. And I thought that they did it yeah. well by making it really, really subtle throughout. Um, and there, there was, it seemed like there was just a little bit of everything in terms of uh, 
growth and character development, uh, you know, plucky comic relief. Uh, I was surprised at the, um, the, the violence that, and, and, and at times even like a little bit of darkness that was in the movie because I don't know, I, I just don't really associate that with, with Disney movies. Although now that I'm saying that, uh, there are some some dark parts in you know, Little Mermaid and some some other Disney. Um... Pinocchio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. I like. I was thinking about this as I was watching. It. I was like, "Is there any Disney movie that, apart from some of their live action stuff, because they definitely talk about you know they deal with war, you know, and a lot of things, whether it's Civil War, Revolutionary War. There's a lot of live action stuff that Disney has in its history that they they talk about these things." But is this like their first animated movie that it's like taking place during a, a war, you know, like the amount of like times that we have cut to black and, you know, a character totally just died or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right off the right off the back as the Huns are climbing the wall and that guy who lights the torch or whatever, you know, you know, that guy didn't make it through. Like there were so many things like that were cut and it's like the guy shoots an arrow it's like we only need one messenger you don't see the guy go down yeah but it's, but it's explicit uh, yeah yes yeah. very much so and that avalanche where i don't know 10 people come out and there was a lot <laughs> of people That's you know, true. so you assume that a lot of them died yeah yeah i can't think of another disney movie myself that was like i mean maybe in some ways pocahontas kind of like okay. I, I don't remember that movie like super well, but I remember that there was some violence in that related to like you know settlers and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting in that way. Crazy. Um, well, let's let's kind of work through the movie a little bit. We'll kind of start at the beginning. We'll and we'll stop and we can talk about some of the voice actors. We can stop and talk about the songs. We can we can joke around and laugh about some of the, our favorite moments or whatever. But really, at the start of the movie, the first act, we're basically getting to know Mulan and her home life and what's the motivation of her and her family. And um, Mel, do you do you have anything you kind of want to touch on in regards to all of that before there's the big call to war moment for for her? Yeah, I like how they kind of set her up as a character. I like the introductions to her family. Like, I, you know, I... Uh was telling Cody that one of my, not my favorite line, but one of my favorite lines in the movie is, um, you know, when she's getting ready in the morning, a Mulan is, and it's just showing like, she's trying to get the dog to pull the chicken feet around. And she's trying to like coordinate this whole, you know, system to get her chores done. And it's like failing miserably. And like the chickens are getting everywhere. And the dad is out in his um, like temple or, you know, praying to the ancestors and he just like the chickens start flying in all around him and he goes please please help us <laughs> just that kind of like you know establishing their relationship and um yeah that that definitely made me laugh the most early on because it just it really establishes he understands who his daughter is you know in, in, a, in a big way and it's not like he's coming down too hard on her you know, I, I really liked their relationship in this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. The thing that I really liked is I, two things, but the thing that's related to what you guys were just saying is when Mulan essentially screws everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she comes back and her father comes and you expect that he's going to be really harsh or really upset. And the way that he comes to her is, um, you know, with gentleness and, um, yeah. you know, uses the, the analogy of the, the flower that blooms late and, you know, and is the most beautiful. Um, I thought that that portrayed a, a close relationship, even though uh, there are a few things that are said, of course, in their relationship where those are out of um what the relationship is projected, you know, when, when the father is angry, he says some things, but um, that it portrays them as a very loving family. And then the mm-hmm. other thing that I really enjoyed in that first part was when uh, Mulan's grandma is crossing the road and she's got that cricket and she just like closes her eyes and, and, and goes across <laughs> and all of the, the chaos that is um, ensuing around her. And then the crickets uh, expression in all of that. I thought that that was really funny. Yeah. The cricket was super cute. I forgot about the cricket in this movie. I forgot how, how much of a character he was. You know, I feel like the cricket in this movie, um, the chicken, is it the chicken in Moana reminds me of the cricket in this movie. Just kind of like that, like nonverbal character. That's just like along for the ride. Like, which, which is funny is, as you were saying that, was co- when Cody was talking about the grandmother, I was thinking about the correlation between the grandmother and Moana in comparison oh. to the grandmother in this, you know? Yeah. Because I definitely see the similarities there as well. Yeah. That just eccentric old lady who <laughs> is just like, oh, grandma, you know, but she, they probably have more of a sense of what's going on more than anybody else. And then, and then honestly, as this, as this movie is, it definitely hits the dramatic notes and the serious notes, the war stuff. The movie is still, as you were saying before, Melody, it, it, it really brings the comedy. The, the, the situation, like the, the, the situation with the, the, what is it, the matchmaker was so funny when she gets the ink on her hand and she yeah. touches her face and she makes a goatee. It, it's like some real laugh out loud moments, you know? And, and like Cody, what you were saying before, I think at another point, it doesn't feel tacked on. It doesn't feel shoehorned in. It really works within the the flow of the movie. You know, it's not jarring in any real way. It works. Yeah. 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 So, and this is, this is where we also, um, we get two songs within this early part of the movie. We have honor to us all, which is all about the preparation of her with the, what are the geisha makeup to be ready to meet the matchmaker and, hopefully find herself a man and then the reflections song where after everything kind of goes awry and she is really thinking about who she is and what does her life mean and all that, all that kind of the the hero song that we get so often within a Disney movie. Um, What did you guys think of the, those songs so far? Anything you want to Cody? I know you're, you're a musician. Anything stand out to you? You know, I tend to really like a lot of the the Disney movies and the music and um, tend to like musicals in general. Um, I honestly was not super impressed with the, 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 the songs in this movie. Now, it may be that if I were to watch the movie and got to know the songs a little bit better that I would like them more. But just on first... Um, 
first listen, I thought they were okay, but um, there are some really, really good songs that, that Disney has done in their movies. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of felt like they were medium, medium songs for okay. the most part. All right. Mel, as a, as a lover of this movie, what, what did you think of those two early songs? Um, you know, I like the music in this overall. I will say Honor to Us All and Reflection are not my favorite songs. Um, they're okay as well. Um, they're no Let's Get Down to Business. But, uh, oh my gosh, uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, about, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that later. We'll I love that, that one. But, um, I, did have to, I did feel like when Cody and I were watching this movie this time around, as some of the music came up, I felt like this little, like, even though I had no responsibility for the music, this little pang of like self-consciousness for just like some of the datedness a little bit of like some of the music with like the synth and the, you know, that kind of stuff. And it, you know, it wasn't bad, but it definitely feels like, Ooh, this was definitely in the nineties. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think when you get to the end of the movie, the two renditions that they do of like repeating songs, I think 98 degrees had a rendition (laughs) of a song and then Christina Aguilera. So if there's anything that's late nineties, early two thousands, it might be that Christina Aguilera, Aguilera and 98 degrees. We took the time. We didn't watch the whole thing, but I had to show, I had to show Cody the video for 98 degrees because I remembered when this came out and I'm like a little younger than you guys. So I was probably, you know, seven or eight or something when this movie came out. You were primed. Yeah. Primed so I told movie. Cody yeah. I had a huge crush on the 98 Degrees guys. I had no idea now what they looked like. Like, I couldn't remember. So I was like, let's look this up just for kicks. And, um, yeah, it's pretty and, horrendous. And, and, any, anyone watching this, look up Do that yourself music a favor video. and look it up. And I was also surprised because I was not into boy bands, though I no? were, was aware of what, the, you know, the, the different boy bands. I had heard of 98 Degrees. But it was interesting watching the music video going, oh, Nick Lachey is famous for something other than being married to Jessica Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he was in 98 Degrees. Yeah. Well, I forgot about that because it's it's crazy when you try, you start to track those things back, you know, (laughs) because you start thinking about like, oh, yeah, Ryan Gosling, he was a Mouseketeer. You know, like what? you just kind of forget about those a things. Lot, yeah, it's crazy. A lot of, uh, you know, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera, a lot of famous people were. I did not know that about him, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so the voice actress for uh, Mulan is the actress Ming Na Wen. I don't know if you guys know who she is at all. No. Um, she was on ER, she was one of the characters on that show. And then most recently, she has been on the um agents of shield which was the abc show that was you know marvel cinematic universe thing she was an agent of shield um so she's still she's still working um she's still doing what she's doing so i like to see that but um yeah i think she does a good job i think mulan in particular is is great in this yeah obviously the animation everything around her but also the voice acting you got to attribute some to her um, let me ask you guys this, as we kind of get to the next portion, we see the, we see her leave home. We see after this, this decree goes out and, you know, the emperor needs a, all able-bodied men from each family or whatnot to, to go to war. We see Mulan, um, to pose as a, as a man, pose as a son to her father to be able to spare him from going off into war. 
Um, anything you guys want to say about that? Um, I, we kind of paused for a moment with some of the the things that they were saying, uh, assuming that in this updated recent version, they're going to be a little bit more sensitive um, in some of the ways that they're talking about uh, people who are dressing differently than you would expect with their, mm. um, you know, their sex assigned at birth and all sure. of that. Uh, so it's, it seemed very, um, very much like it was made in a previous time where things are not like they are now with some of the conversations that are happening with, sure. uh, you know, uh, sex and gender um, identity. So, um, some of the things were like very I, I guess for me were very dated in in the comments i don't remember specifically what they were yeah well i mean i think that that's you know reflection of like ancient china too where it's like that was you know your role as a woman you know that was how you brought honor to your family was you know being a wife you know and women did not mm -hmm. go into the military or anything like that um but yeah, there were also some 90s specific things too. I think that I'm, I'm interested to see how they address that in right. the new movie, you know. Um, you don't want them to like betray the culture from back then and how it was with by like putting a lot of modern day stuff into it. But there's ways to do that without it being jeopardizing the history that's attached to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting to see as the new one comes out. Yeah. Something that I did wonder about Mulan's departure is just like, I, I mean, I, I am guessing that there would have been some negative implication from them, you know, the parents, once they realized that she took the armor, she took the horse, she took the sword and she left. And then they get up in the middle of the night and they're basically just like, we can't reveal her. But like, what is stopping them from going to get her before she gets to the camp? Or I mean, it seemed like it took her some time to get there. So mm -hmm. not that it's a huge plot hole, but I, I kind of wondered, like, why couldn't they just go and, like, stop right. her if they thought she was going to die? If you're, like, really worried about your, your daughter, if you don't think she, you know, is going to do well or whatever, you might really try to step in to, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, intercede or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not knowing the geography, how far the camp is supposed yeah, to be away true. and, you know, she's on a horse. Do they have other horses would they actually be able to catch her um i mean china is pretty big i guess <laughs> is yeah, it a good point there yeah i'm, I'm, I'm aware <laughs> I, I guess, let me check hold on right so oh uh, yeah i um let's let's move on to the big comedic character of the whole movie is mushu mm -hmm. how do we feel about eddie murphy in this movie love it yeah, Love that he's in there. He, he was uh, he was very good. He I I enjoy a lot of the stuff that he um, that he does. Just in general, I've always been a big fan, and I we recently we've been talking about Shrek and you know his role as Donkey. Oh yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, I think that he does a really good job, and this is good. The the movie he he does a good job there. Man, I kind of forgot that he was Donkey. Yeah, like I, I can watch, I can watch Shrek and be like, "Oh man, Eddie Murphy is killing this." 
And then I'll go and watch this, I think, and I would be like, oh, man, Eddie Murphy is killing this without the correlation. I think he does a good job at, at sometimes being kind of one note to have some kind of distinction yes. between these two comedic characters, which these were probably not too far apart from each other when they debuted. Yeah. You know, I think true. Shrek was early 2000s. So yeah. just a few years. But yeah, I thought he was great. What did, what did you think, Mel? Yeah, I, I liked him a lot in this. Um, I liked that his character was kind of like the, uh, you know, like last picked for the team kind of guy that like they didn't want to send. And then he just weasels his way into going and like that whole scene where he's pretending to be the great stone dragon after he accidentally breaks the, the statue is like pretty funny to me when he's like just holding the head up and um, trying to signal to the ancestors like, yep, I'm, I'm just fine. I'm going like, <laughs> yeah. though he like, I, I was watching this and I, I was like, he's a big liability. He's funny, but he messes a lot of things up. Yes, he does. Key points in the movie, like the whole when the Huns are coming after them and they're on the mountains, they got all the arrows. That happens. That happens because of him. Yeah, you know, because they get the attention. It's just like Mushu, like, and you know, she's not upset with Mushu at all, really, from that whole situation. Which, yeah, he's definitely to blame for getting found. You know, but but at the same time, he also is involved in the uh the transformation and the character development for Mulan and also yeah. with all of the the redemption that happens too in a lot of ways i think it's kind of like pippin and mary from the lord of the rings where um they are the ones who in the minds of moria draw the attention of the army and eventually the balrog yet they are um also the you know among the heroes of the book too even though yeah. they do screw so many things up that's true but yeah you definitely in these especially in these 90 disney movies you need to have that that person who's bringing a lot of the comedic energy and obviously mushu eddie murphy is pulling the weight in this much like you know robin williams pulling the weight in aladdin you know yeah, I will so. say too about Mushu, just one like last thing about him. It's just like, I think he also is really good as a, like he's Mulan's biggest cheerleader, you know? And I think that fuels mm. a lot of her, um, just like she had the initial like bravery to go out and like take her father's place. But I think, you know, it's helpful for her, for her to just have like Mushu kind of like on her shoulder telling her like, oh, go beat this guy up or go, um, yeah. go do this or like make it a breakfast and all that. That like, he's kind of her, uh, her advocate through all that yeah he's never coming down on her and saying that she can't do anything right. you know what i mean because she's a, a woman or whatever you know so that's that's pretty cool to have to have that be a, an aspect that he does I, I like that you're right i didn't even think about that and you know just character wise is probably birthed out of that so often he apparently based on what you get from the context that he is the one who has screwed stuff up and no one believes mm -hmm. in so as a consequence, sure. he would be someone who would try to believe in other people, try to help other people right. um, and try to keep them from, um, you know, end up, you know, getting into the same spot that he has been. But also, of course, he has his own redemption riding on this, too. So he's invested in it for those reasons. Totally. Yeah. So Mulan and Mushu, the cricket and the horse, 
they all end up at the camp and we get to meet a whole bunch of new characters. Um, we got Shang who is, will eventually become the love interest, but he's kind of the man in charge um, voiced by BD Wong. And the singing voice is Donny Osmond. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, we see Yao who is voiced by Harvey Firestein, which awesome. Um, that was interesting thing to see there. And um, there's a couple other characters, but the most notable person I wanted to point out was the character of Chi Hu, who's voiced by James Hong, who's one of my favorite character actors that is out there. Um, it's unfortunate to say, but if there's usually a comedic Asian role that's being, you know, having somebody in a, in a show in the 90s, especially, James Hong is the one who's doing it. Interesting. You know, um, if you have you, you guys watched Seinfeld? Yeah. He's the, the guy who in the episode of Chinese Restaurant is, uh-huh. is there and he's telling them, you know, five, ten minutes before you can get in. And, yeah. And he's such he's so great in that episode. And when you hear his voice, it's very distinct, you know, mm-hmm. you just recognize it immediately. So a, a total shout out to James. Hong. Oh, and he was he was in Blade Runner. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah. And um, Big Trouble in Little China. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So it's interesting. I thought where you were going was Sean Yu, played by Miguel Ferrer, Ferrer um, who is someone who I really like from Twin Peaks. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up because he's he's the villain of the movie. Yeah, okay, keep going. Who is he in going. Twin Peaks? He plays uh, Albert in Twin Peaks. Huh. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think Miguel Ferreira, he died in the last few years, didn't he? Passed away, the actor. Yeah, yeah this, he, two thousand seventeen, I think. Something recently. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. the villain. Is he's great as the villain in this? He's awesome in Twin uh, Twin Peaks, obviously. Yeah. Um, I gotta tip my hat to you, Cody, because you are the one who kind of pointed me towards that show. Pointed a lot of people toward <laughs> that one. I tend to be a big cheerleader for things that I like. <laughs> Though season two is not as good as season one, and I haven't watched the the latest incarnation of that show. The, yeah, you yeah. don't have to. <laughs> Did you see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Oh, is that what it's compared so, to? So think of season one and two of Twin Peaks as the first three movies, and that one as crystal skull with a few better moments okay yeah i'll probably stay away from that for sure (laughs) (laughs) but as as she's in the the camp she this is this is where you get the big montage of her learning how to be a soldier along with all the other um side characters that she meets there you got the big guy who who likes to eat. You got the short guy who's kind of feisty and likes to fight. He has a black eye throughout the whole movie, voiced by <laughs> Harvey Firestein. And then you got the the skinny guy, who I forget what his name was. But <clears throat> this is where we get um, the song, I'll Make a Man Out of You, which I'll be, I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, I love this song. <laughs> the whole, um, the bridge or whatever, where it's like, course of a flowing river i get the goosebumps <laughs> i get the chills as i'm watching i'm like all right let's go you know i'm <laughs> definitely like hit some kind of 
note in the back of my brain with my Disney love that I go, I like this song for sure. <laughs> I'd have to listen to the song again, but again, I didn't really <laughs> think of uh, the the music in here as being as good as some of the other things. Maybe the part of you that responds to this is also the part of you that responds to uh, Les Mis and that can explain that disagreement that we have as well. Oh. <laughs> Cody, you're, you're speaking to my heart right now. Bro. <laughs> well, what do you think? Uh, I like this song. Yeah, I like um, I'll Make a Man Out of You. But yeah, it did. It did. But as we were watching it this time, too, Cody was kind of like, oh, here's the montage scene. And um, yeah, they accomplish a lot in just that little montage where like after the song, it's just like, they're the rock star, you know, <laughs> the rock star troops. And like, I was kind of like, wow, that was pretty oh, quick. Yeah. But, but the song does get you pumped up. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, mysterious as the dark side <laughs> of the moon. Like, it's just like, I'm ready to go. Um, I got a funny side note to this. Um, a few months ago, ABC was coming out with these Disney sing-along things that was on television. And, and Jess and I were watching them, I think, on Hulu a couple days later. And Ryan Seacrest, who was hosting, was going, now we're going to have one of the singers from Mulan come on and sing his big song. And I turned to her and I go, oh, it's going to be Donny Osmond. And she goes, Donny Osmond? I'm like, yeah, Donny Osmond. Donny Osmond. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be Donny Osmond. She's just going, Donny Osmond? (laughs) Like, you cannot believe it. I'm like, yes, it's going to be Donny Osmond. And then once he comes on, she goes, I thought you were saying Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> and that so really funny. <laughs> and that's just like one of my favorite stories recently between the two of us is I'm sitting there like, yes, I'm not misspeaking. It is Donny Osmond. <laughs> but it, can you imagine if it was him, if it was Ozzy Osbourne singing the song? Well, but at the same time, I wouldn't be that surprised because like, you did have stuff from Disney like Tarzan where that's like, that was my introduction to Phil Collins. Meanwhile, Cody's like a huge actual Phil Collins fan. And never seen the movie. You've never seen that movie. We should watch that movie then. But um, yeah, like when I was an adult, I was like, I did not realize that like, he was like a real guy. Like when I found out he's like a real singer and like a real guy, I was like, what? He's the Tarzan guy. No way. I think also with Ozzy Osbourne, though he has a, uh, you know, real hard rock persona. He's also got a very good voice um, and underrated for, I think, the, you know, harder rock singers. Yeah. Mm. yeah um, <laughs> I don't know where to... Sorry, we're going, we're going on we're talking about Ozzy Osbourne. I was, I'm just going to say, I just want to say this. I don't like Phil Collins, so I don't like the music from Tarzan myself. <laughs> but that might be... I don't know what's what's keeping you. It's maybe it's the similarity, Cody, between the Les Mis and yeah. Mulan. Maybe maybe the part of you that likes Les Mis is the part of you that doesn't like <laughs> Phil Collins, and the part right. of me that doesn't like Les Mis is the part of me that likes Phil Collins. It's all it's all coming together. <laughs> we got this synoptic yeah. um, relationship here. Pieces right? to the puzzle being put together during this yeah. podcast. <laughs> totally, totally. Um. Then there's the other song, A Girl Worth Fighting For. This song is kind of unnecessary. (laughs) If they were to get rid of any song in this movie, I think that one could have probably gone gone away. It's just them talking about what kind of woman they want as they're marching along to war, you know? Yeah, this was probably the most, like, kind of off, like, cringy moment for me of, you know, the movie. Like, just watching this kind of thing where all the guys are like, ooh, like, 
the girls were gonna go home too and like talking themselves up and like I was just like, oh man, like I, I'm thinking to myself, this viewing, like, what are they gonna do with this? Like in the new version, like, there's no way well, to stay. I think the new one is not having any music in it, as what? far as any of the songs. There's not gonna uh, be like a breakout song moment. I think we'll crazy. probably get get it intertwined within the score. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you'll probably get honor to us all, and you know, I'll make a man out of you. But right. I don't think you're gonna have a moment where Mulan turns and starts singing, <laughs> you know, to the camera or anything. So. That's funny. Yeah. But. <clears throat> um, and then you get the scene where I, I, I was wondering as I was watching, I was like, oh, I'm remembering this now. The whole like they're in the lake bathing that scene. I was like, how are they handling this? Is this gonna be <laughs> cringy? But I think they handle it okay. That whole scene, you know, as she's trying to hide herself and not get found out as being a as a woman as she's trying to find some privacy to, to bathe. Um, I thought that brought some pretty comedic, good comedic stuff within that scene for the most part. There were you some know. funny one-liners there too about uh, like, what was it? Mushu says something about like, yeah, he like bites the guy's butt well, or whatever. Like. Yeah. He bites the guy's butt to try to get them away. But before that, when the guys are coming down, he says something to the effect of like, Oh, I can think of two things. They won't be able to take their eyes off. Or something. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, this is a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of probably slipped by you when you were it younger. Totally huh? did. Yeah. I, I like the part. She goes, if I never see another naked man, I would be okay. And then all of them just run by. <laughs> yep. It was definitely a little bit of that, like Austin powers, like hiding kind of situation with like the horse coming by (laughs) for the guys and the girls so good job disney you handled nudity in a tasteful (laughs) way um yeah we kind of talked about the confrontation with the huns a little bit with um but then mulan gets found out she gets discovered as as being a woman she's not what was her what was it ping was that what it was ping was her her name name, yeah yeah um which you know they're talking about do we kill her? You know, like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, I wonder what would have happened then if that's what would basically would have happened in that day and age, you know, I don't know. I don't know the story of Mulan itself, like, from the, from the old, you know, folk tales or whatever, but, yeah, man, that was, that was pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, and that he spares her life, like, that's pretty, pretty noble and pretty bold. Yeah, I mean, he did, she did save his life. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And I think that's when you start to really kind of see that, like, it takes this far into the movie to start realizing, oh, there might be a romantic thing here between her and him, you know, which I don't, I don't mind. You know, I like, like, Cody, what you said, that it's not on the forefront of the story. It's not like with Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast or The Little Mermaid, you know, this is very much secondary to the, to her story, you know. So it works. And then they get to the Emperor's Palace. Um, I guess, what would that be? Hong Kong? I don't, I'm not sure. Beijing, probably. Beijing. Yeah, that makes more sense. You're right. Beijing, that's what it would be. Um, but the Emperor is voiced by Pat Morita, which I don't know if you guys know who that is. No. That is the sensei from Karate Kid. <laughs> the guy who advises Daniel's son. So they're, huh. you know, they're bringing a lot of good good people into the this movie you know he was also in happy days was he i, I never watched happy days you've never watched happy days no 
you should you you should watch some episodes just for Cody. How old are you that you're telling me to go back and watch a, a sitcom from the sixties? Is a sick from the seventies to the eighties, <laughs> seventy five to eighty three. Okay, all right, but That's it's fine. also where you know uh, you get the Fonz. It's where um, where he got his start. Whose name is? All I can think of is Arthur Franzarelli, which is the name in the... What's the guy who's... Who plays the... Isn't it it Harvey... um... No. Anyway... Um, let's, let's kind of move. You can, you can fill that in in a second, Cody, because I know everybody is interested in hearing that. Um, but (laughs) you sound very, very dismissive and, uh, (laughs) Henry Winkler, who who was on, uh, also Arrested Development, as was Ron Howard, who was also, um, in this show as well. Right. Okay. So... The conclusion of the movie, she rushes over to Beijing after, you know, Shan Yu and other um, Huns were not defeated completely. Um, and her and her little gang of friends and with Shang and whoever else, they um, save the day. They save the emperor. They save the kingdom, ultimately. Um, and you got that really how Shan Yu goes out is pretty horrifying. That was what stood out to me. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, there would be nothing left of him. Are you saying like like when they explode him, basically? Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) that rocket on Mushu was so big, first of all. And, like, it's like, oh, well, maybe he would be okay. And then he goes into a little tower and the map blows up and it's just like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to make it, folks. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look well. But um, anything from that, the last little bit of the movie, um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, that that is noteworthy that you guys want to talk about? So I think that the thing that we both were laughing at was when the, uh, what's his name, Shang shows up and the grandma makes some sort of comment about, like, oh, I should go into the military or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, like, home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he comes to the house. She's like, woo, sign me up for the next war. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, prior to that, too, though, I, I like the uh, the whole scene um, leading up to them, you know, blowing up Sean Yu. I like especially, you know, the kind of comic moments of, like, you know, the guys all dressing up as women and then, mm-hmm. you know, kind of tricking um the guards or whatever and uh you know some of the comments they make of like who who are they and one of the other guards is like concubines ugly concubines <laughs> oops did we lose you? Right, I, people are trying to get a hold of me this is really annoying oh, oh, oh. but yeah the yeah, yeah these are concubines yeah that was that was a pretty yeah. fun yeah but i think it's a nice wrap-up yeah where it's like it's clear in the end that he's coming around to visit her you know that um Chang and Mulan have kind of this romance that keeps going and I never saw Mulan too so I don't know where that goes exactly but yeah. I mean those direct to video you know that are like sequels to the the movies on you know that are Disney movies aren't haven't really been much to go back to I'm I've not yeah. seen any of them really apart from like the the Aladdin ones um but really there's nothing much to say there 
for the most part. Yeah. All right. So kind of as we're wrapping things up, Cody, did you have anything you, that you wanted to add there and you can maybe go into your final thoughts and your rating for the, the movie itself? Um, I, I don't think I necessarily have any final thoughts. I just, other than what I had said earlier that I enjoyed it. It was a really fun movie. Um, had a, had a fun time watching it. Um, and I thought that it was not just fun, but also a good story. Um, mm-hmm. And full disclosure, I have never listened to one of your podcasts because I'm very, very busy. So with uh, with the rating, what is this out of 10, out of five, out of out of five, I would say it can be five out of, you know, it can be any number out of five, whatever you choose. It can be out of five crickets. It can be out of five <laughs> fireworks, whatever you'd like, sir. Okay. Um, hmm. I would say 4.2 uh, would be my rating. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Cool. Great. Awesome. Um, Mel, what about you? I'm going to say, you know, 4.5 crickets out of five. <laughs> um, but uh, just because I'm a stickler, I feel like I would rarely rate anything like a, you know, five out of five probably, but, mm-hmm. um, but this is pretty good. And I think for the most part, it still holds up to watch today. Yeah. Um, I was, I was very much surprised with this. I mean, I was surprised by a lot with this movie on how much I liked it. I was surprised on just being reminded of how good it was on the first, first part, being reminded of how dark it was at points too. Like we talked about with the whole war aspect of the movie um, and really just how much fun it is with, with the comedy. I mean, it, it kind of, it hits all the qual- uh, the quadrants that you look for with, with filmmaking. You know, is the the stakes are high, the comedy is high, the action is high. You know, it's just everything was there. Um, so I'm I'm gonna probably give it four point five. Um, I don't know what what are they um, discs that they fly? You know, put around to get a you know the, the arrow. Yeah, five. How about five arrows? Yeah. So nice. four because half. because I didn't, can I do Mushu as a dragon? So four point one or four point two, whatever I said. Mushu's as <laughs> yes. my as my rating. Great, yeah, I I, I think it's really um, impressive. It's really great. Let me ask you guys this: How long, how old does Benjamin get before you put this movie in front of him? Hmm. Well, right now, I don't think that he would sit and watch it because Elmo is not in it, yeah. uh, so I don't think that that's a, a possibility. Um, yeah, in terms of the content, I mean, you know, again, I watched this when I was probably like seven or eight, and I know that there's some stuff in there that I'm like, wow, they, they put that in there for a kid's movie. But at the same time, some of it goes over your head when you don't yeah. know what they're talking about. Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that there's any sort of reason to say like, oh, you've got to wait until he's 11 or anything yeah. like that. And I mean, also not having any older kids it's a lot of it is discovery but um Mm -hmm. i think that the movie was fine for watching earlier on and anything that would be scary we could just explain to him um cool cool i don't know yeah i'm i'm not a parent so i i always find that to be an interesting thing because a lot of my friends are you know they're having kids and whatnot so it's always an aspect that i'm just kind of like thinking about you know so and obviously, most of my listeners 
the podcast are in, in a bit of an older demographic, you know, so a lot of us are thinking about those kinds of things. All right. So that's our review for Mulan. Um, th- I, these guys did a great job. I want to thank them again for coming on. Um, but let us know in the comments on the, on Apple podcast or on Facebook, what, what you thought of um, this movie and maybe in response to anything we had to say, when we get back from break, the three of us, we're, we're going to break down any of the news pieces that have come out in the past week. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Um, this is the portion of the show where me and my guests will be breaking down the news pieces that have come out in the past week. So how this works is I'm going to run through all the news pieces on this list. And when we are done um, or when I am done talking, um, reading all these things out, we'll break it down. We'll see what you guys are interested in. We don't have to talk about everything, but just whatever comes to your mind that you're like, oh, I think this is pretty cool. All right. Sound good? Yeah. Awesome. All right. So number one. Disney Plus might be adding adult content for the streaming platform. These movies and shows will be password protected to keep it out of the hands of anyone underage. And it will include rated R movies under the Touchstone Pictures category or Hollywood Studios or 20th Century Fox. um, Any of those studios that are under the ownership of Disney currently. Number two, um, Disney 4th will apparently be the date that you can watch Mulan without the $30 price tag that's attached to it. Um, That will be removed um, after December 4th, and it'll be made available to all subscribers. We've talked about it for a couple weeks now, that to watch Mulan, the new one, this weekend, you have to drop $30 with your um, already existing subscription. Number three, we have a premiere date for the new series, The Right Stuff for Disney+. Plus. Um, the series documenting the story behind NASA and the astronauts um, in their early years will be coming to us October 9th. Number four, we have reports that the Star Wars series Obi-Wan and the series Cassie and Andor are both ready to start shooting soon. Obi-Wan will start shooting sometime in October, and Cassie and Andor is scheduled to start shooting in November. It's very interesting as we start seeing a lot of these productions starting back up with the MCU and Star Wars as well. A new study shows that apparently Disney Plus may be offering a shared watching experience that viewers can watch together over the internet, similar to a Netflix party. And then finally, number six, Disney accidentally included commercials from a 1970s TV program on the Magical World of Disney episode. The episode was titled Mouseketeers Visit Walt Disney World, and it's from 1971. And they had commercial breaks within it where they had advertisements of such things as shake and bake as well as other things so if you want to take a look at some 1970s commercials um you can see that within the context of what it would look like then so that is our news pieces for the week um anything stand out to you guys that you want to talk about um i think it's interesting that they i kind of hope that they do add some of that adult content because i feel like disney has such huge like buying power and they own so many things um and i think that that's a good idea to have it be kind of like sectioned off so that like your kids who have now gotten used to watching disney plus aren't just like stumbling on you know maybe movies that aren't age appropriate but um i feel like personally that would give someone like me a lot more mileage out of disney plus where it's like there are some adult programs on there right now but by and large we mostly have it because of you know disney 
older Disney movies that I'm nostalgic for and things that, you know, my almost two-year-old son likes to watch. So it would be cool to, to have more to explore on there. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting thing. And some of the movies that would be that they're talking about that would be included within this um, thing. I don't know how it came out, but it was like it, it was some kind of algorithm stuff similar to the whole thing with like the Netflix party thing <clears throat> where they're like, it looks like they're moving towards this. And I think things that would be included within that would be things like Die Hard, the Alien movies, Predator. Um, they're all things that have come over from 20th Century Fox. So that would be interesting to see. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty exciting. I mean, when you said adult content initially, I was like, whoa, this <laughs> seems kind of odd. Um, you kind of stumbled but, upon the, the back room at the video rental store. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. And then I was thinking, like, is this somehow Disney themed? That sounds awful. Um, but then realized as you kept going exactly what you were talking about, adult content in the terms in in terms of movies for adults right um yeah so yeah i think it's i think it's pretty cool especially if uh, we you know with some of those those movies that i don't own and would like to to watch again yeah i mean you can i think it's really great i mean i would love to be able to have alien all the alien movies ready for me you know even the terrible alien resurrection you know just to watch those again and go back it would be great you know yes. or, or die hard I mean, to have that on Disney Plus would be great. Yeah. Um, as long as we can kind of keep that out of the hands of anyone who's, you know, on the younger side of the spectrum. <laughs> um, Cody, is there anything on this list that you're interested in? So um, I think that the the uh, documentary thing on, on NASA is something that I will find very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and cautiously optimistic about the star wars series about obi-wan um that could be cool mm -hmm. um but it could also not be so <laughs> well, let's, cautiously let's, optimistic well let's talk about that i want to go back and talk about the the right stuff the the tv series but let's talk about the um the series for disney plus the that are in development both you know, Obi-Wan and Cassian Andor, they've, they've talked about other series um, as well for Disney Plus, but these are the ones that are going to be starting um, shooting soon. Um, I think the Obi-Wan movie is going to be taking place, and they've talked about Ewan McGregor reprising the role of, of Obi-Wan, which is really exciting. And it's, I think, going to be his, his time on Tatooine as he is kind of watching Luke from afar. And I'm super excited about that. It's kind of, I want to see a, a little bit more of a weathered um, Obi-Wan who's kind of seen a lot with the Clone Wars and then where everything happened with his best friend. And then kind of like an old man Obi, like, um, like an old man Logan story from, from X-Men, you know? So I'm pretty excited about that. And then... Yeah, um, I, I, was, I was looking it up while you were talking. I didn't really realize it was going to be actually live action because it does say ewan mcgregor but there's also a cartoon picture so mm -hmm. i thought it might be an animated series no this is um, this is going to be live action does that does that keep your interest any you know i i think i actually would have enjoyed the the cartoon a little bit more okay. um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean 
if they can get the dialogue better than the you know one two and three i'm sure ewan mcgregor would do a fine job as obi-wan um the dialogue on those originals was or you know the the prequels was so bad that he couldn't even make it sound natural and good so if there's better writing i think that it it could be um, pretty interesting Um, but obi-wan is also one of my favorite characters in the star wars universe so um would hate to see it done poorly sure i think it it has the most going for it and it has the most to lose out of all the series to come to disney plus Mm -hmm. you know um and then cassie and andor that's i'm pretty excited about that the more and more i hear about that i'm i'm becoming more and more intrigued you know as rogue one is kind of starting to keep going up the ranks for me as, as one of my favorite star Wars movies that have come out, you know, and him being a major character in that. <clears throat> so the right stuff to go back and talk about this um, NASA series. Um, it's yeah. It's a dramatization of um, the story of NASA and the astronauts. Did you ever see the 1980s movie um, of the right stuff? No. no, it's, it's really good. It's, it's going to, it's a, awesome movie um i've seen it a couple times it's just the long i think it's the, the major problem with it but the performances in the movie from like sam shepherd i think bill paxton um has some pretty amazing performances in in the movie but it's definitely worth checking out and seeing the the promotions and seeing the trailers for this series i'm really excited i'm like okay well this is disney kind of doing something different and new and and it's through their kind of National Geographic corner. Um, so to have a dramatized show through National Geographic, I'm like, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see that on Disney Plus. You know, that you can learn something and then also really be invested within the, the, the space race, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, that's cool. Um, the, the last thing that I'm, I just want to kind of um, point out, well, maybe there's a couple more. Um, Disney accidentally including these commercials is probably one of my favorite stories to come That's out. That's pretty funny. <laughs> because they, they think what happened was they just like, okay, we're going to put this on there, but they had it like recorded on a VHS and they didn't take <laughs> out the commercial breaks that were in the original, you know, airing of this show. And I'm just like, oh, that's just hysterical. That's awesome. Leave that there. Just leave it in there. Don't take it out. Leave the mistake as it is, because I think that's just endearing and cute. And I, I can't wait to go back and watch that just for the commercials. Yeah, people probably would. Like, I kind of wish someone would slip up and do that for, like, some of, like, you know, the 90s, like, Eminem commercials and stuff like that. Because, um, yeah, I mean, for those of us who don't have, like, those old VHSs from childhood anymore, like you know we're not really seeing commercials and i mean not that i want to on streaming but mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love when i pop in like an old vhs tape that i had growing up and they have the commercials in there and i remember things from like when i was a kid like i have a lot of like i think i did have a lot of saturday morning cartoons recorded on vhs so there are a lot of things that were geared to kids and i'm sure then i was like that's amazing <laughs> and and now i'd be like oh my gosh that's so gross and unnecessary why do you want that (laughs) but um i think the last thing that we just have to talk about is this whole it's been kind of what we've been talking about the last few weeks but mulan the new live action movie costing 30 dollars up until december 4th when it'll become 
all available to everybody, regardless of where they, what they've paid. What do, what do we think about that? That's a lot of money. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot because even, I mean, in our area, you know, movie tickets to go to the theater are not that expensive compared to, you know, other places in the country, other cities. Um, You know, maybe it costs what, like, or movie theater is not open right now, but it would have cost like maybe tops like 15 bucks to go to the movies. Right. Probably less um, per person. $30 is kind of expensive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a, I, I don't know. I keep going back and forth on this because obviously they're trying to cut their losses in some way because they made this expensive movie and they don't just want to release it on Disney plus and not make any money off of it at all. And so my question is, is who's going to really shell out that money? You know, I, I think I'm going to probably do it, but I don't think every normal person who has Disney plus is going to end up doing that. I I'm actually, I have as of yet, I haven't even paid for Disney plus yet because I have it free through Verizon, you know? So I like, but who is that is, who's not in this, that camp with, you know, having it free through Verizon is really willing to give $30 out to be able to access one movie. It's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I know that my boss, when I used to work at the, the deli always used to say there's different philosophies on, on making money. So you can sell a hundred things for one dollar, or you can sell ten things for ten dollars. Um, with something like this, I think you should have that smaller price tag mentality. If you want to make money, you're going to make more. I think if you offer it for five dollars and get a huge number of people saying oh it's only five dollars that's not too bad Mm -hmm. versus a small number of people who's spending thirty dollars i have a feeling that that number is going to be small a lot of people will still do it they'll still make some of that money back but i think that just pure revenue wise if Mm -hmm. they were to do a five dollar price tag they would have made a lot more Probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. And I mean, they're definitely going to take a loss in the long run here. Um, but I guess the question of just how much of a loss is yeah. going to be interesting to see, you know. But we'll, we'll figure that out because I'm wanting to review that movie next week. I don't know. It might be my least listened to episode because maybe I'm one of the only people in the country who is going to be willing to, to pay that <laughs> money, you know. So it'll be an audience of one. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> so, um, with that, I think we should probably wrap things up. I want to thank you guys for coming on to this week's show. Um, I appreciate both of you. I, I miss you guys so much. Um, and I think I'd love for us to get together once things in our particular area kind of calm down with, with the numbers that we've been seeing in the last week. Um, but yeah, we'll just have, I guess we just have to see. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having us on. Like, yeah. it's good to chat and yeah, it's been cool. fun. All right. So um, that's this week's episode. Again, I want to thank my guests. 
um, you will actually be able to see Melody next week again as we are going to be talking about the new Mulan. Um, we're going to have her and a mutual friend who the show already knows, Terry Bonnie. She's coming back on with Melody, the three of us. Um, it's our little um, New York City Comic Con crew, the three of us. We went a couple times. We've always had a lot of fun. So we're going to get together and we're going to actually talk about the new Mulan, which will be dropping this weekend. Again, friends, if you're looking to watch it, make sure you're going to be dropping that $30 um, on Disney Plus or do what maybe some other people are thinking about doing and just kind of pool some money and so you can watch that with uh, some friends. Okay, <clears throat> I, um, I said that I wanted to give my thoughts about Chadwick Boseman and his untimely death. I definitely have some thoughts in regards to that, um, especially obviously with MCU stuff, but just in regards to the situation in general. Um, when I, I think I first saw Chadwick Boseman in either 42 or Get On Up, where he played James Brown in Get On Up and also Jackie Robinson in 42. And I was so impressed with what I saw on the screen. And when I was, I, at that time, I was thinking, I was like, okay, MCU was just getting big before going into phase three. And I remember watching that and I was like, man, he could, he could have some real stardom. This guy could it really, he has a poise about him. He has a versi- versatility about him that I really liked. And I actually pegged him at first. He's like, he would be a great Black Panther. And when that announcement was made, um, I don't know how long ago, but it was Kevin Feige on stage and he, I believe he invited him out. And I was like, that's awesome. I was so psyched. I was so excited because I just really came to like this, this actor, this young man. Um, he, he has such a presence on stage and, and there's still actually some movies that I, I need to go back and watch. Apparently Thurman, um, is one that was, was just another impressive, um, performance by him, you know, but I think most notably everybody thinks about him as Black Panther, as he is someone that, um, of a person of color, uh, a child of color, can look up and see a hero and see themselves within that hero, which is what I have been able to do, you know, through the majority of my life as I've been able to look at people like Captain America and characters like Batman and characters like Spider-Man even, or whoever it may be. It's just like, I can, I can name any of them. I can name most of them and, and they mostly look like me. So to have a, a person of, of color being able to grow up and look up to somebody like Chadwick Boseman and see themselves in them is incredible. Um, the only other thing I do, I really just want to mention that it really stood out to me is just the fact of just how much the how much he carried his cancer with with dignity, and um, he did not allow it to really define him and become a big thing. He really wanted to be known for his work, but also just knowing as as being a man of faith. Um, as I've, as I come to learn that he, apparently he, he was, a, he was a man of faith. He was a, he was a Christian and, um, to see someone be able to carry themselves with a certain degree of perspective and hope and dignity in the midst of cancer. I, I have a few friends who have, who have, who have gone on and did the same thing and, and did not let their um, sickness um, define them. Um, really, dear friends, um, it means a lot again to see that 
and somebody else, you know, maybe somebody who the rest of the world will have their eye on, you know, the, somebody who's made a, made a difference all across this globe in regards to um, exposure and likability. Um, and so he's an inspiration in that regards. And, and I, I am saddened mostly because it's, it's more about the fact that what I look up on his IMDb page and I see the, the movies and television shows that he has done, his career was definitely cut short. I, I want to know what projects he would have gone on to do. You know, I want to know what movies he would have been a, a part of and the other performances a part of being T'Challa for, in, you know, the M- MCU. What else would he, would he have gone on to do? You know, because um, this is a guy who could have could have won Oscars. And, you know, it was his movie that he performed in that was the first superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. You know, so it's shocking. It's crazy. It's and in, some, in some ways it's inspirational to me. Um, it's saddened. I'm saddened because I, I wanted to see more from him um, because I thought he would have a long career ahead of him. Um, and he is definitely a, a hero to me for multiple reasons. Um, I just want to ask you guys, or thank you guys actually, to um, for tuning in and listening to me just share my thoughts here on the podcast. Thank you guys. I'll see you next week on Extreming Disney. Bye-bye.